Hello and welcome to Lawrence Fork in Kansas, the podcast about the people and the stories behind the local food you love. I'm Jake. And I'm Kristen, and today we're interviewing Luke Thompson and Marin Ludwig of Mass Street Soda. Before we get started with the show today, we just wanted to take a second to remind everyone that voting for Best of Lawrence is happening right now through February 28th. If you like what we're doing, please consider voting for us for Best Podcast. You can find that in the community section. Yeah, and last year we came in second place, which was such an honor considering that, you know, first place went to a KU Sports podcast. Way to go, Hawk Talk. But, uh, you know, we're really... Um, we're really excited. I think we had a really good year. Um, you know, we, we, you know, with everything going on with the pandemic, we've been able to keep up, uh, you know, kind of highlighting our local businesses and, you know, just showing how they've risen to the challenges that COVID has brought us. And, um, we're ready to rise up there to number one on podcasts. So, um, please, if, uh, like Kristen said, get out there and, uh, vote for us, bestoflawrence.com. So grab your soda and let's get on with the show. Today, we're talking with owner Luke Thompson and manager Marin Ludwig of Mass Street Soda. Luke and Marin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. Yeah, so, you know, for those of you who don't know, Mass Street Soda, I mean, it's just a, it's just a really awesome store and a really cool gem to have in Lawrence. Um, you guys have been around for quite a few years now, but, um, you know, really, you get, you culminate and collect, a, I mean, the, the varieties of soda you have are just astounding. Um, I get overwhelmed every time I go in there and you arrange them. I love the way you arrange them by type. It's, a, it's like a big rainbow on the wall. Um, but just in general, it's just like the nostalgia that you get when you walk into the store is just awesome, especially now you got you know, got a big candy selection, of a lot of vintage candies and everything. So it's just a really cool, really cool shop. And we're really excited to talk to you guys because it's definitely a frequent spot that we, we go to quite a bit. We appreciate that. <laughs> Um, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Are you both from Lawrence originally? I am not. I'm from Lewisburg, Kansas, which isn't too far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's home to Lost Trail Soda, which probably influenced my love of craft <laughs> soda from very on because I would drink Lost Trail all the time as a kid. And then I came to KU um, 2004, graduated 2008, um, and then never left. And I uh, grew up in Kansas City, Kansas, um, and I went to the East Coast for college, and then I came home for law school, so I was the first person in my family not to attend KU for undergrad, (laughs) so I was welcomed back into the warm embrace of my family when I came here for grad school. So I graduated um, from law school in 2008, and um, I practiced for about seven years. And um, I was looking to do something else, and I was friends with um, Matt Basinger, one of the other original owners of Mass Street Soda. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they were looking for some adult supervision, would be <laughs> a way to put it. <laughs> and so I started working <laughs> at Mass Street Soda. And the reason I was interested was because my second year out of law school, I worked in Oklahoma City, and I had visited Pops, which is a big soda store down there Hmm. um it's also a gas station and a diner but kind of a similar vibe sort of and so um when the soda shop opened in lawrence i immediately was super excited and set out to try all the root beers and so then i started hounding them for a job when i decided i wanted to do something else Awesome. So I guess to take it back, I mean, so Luke, where did the idea come from then? I mean, what, what, you know, other than your love of soda, I guess, what? Uh, Pops is actually a very uh, influential shop. Okay. Um, it was started by a billionaire. Um, he right. was an oil tycoon, I guess you could say, down in Oklahoma. Um, and so he built this beautiful architectural gym on Route 66. Um, and, uh, you know, didn't spare any expense. It's it's a landmark to see for sure. Um, and I don't really have a, a billion dollars from oil. Um, and so what we tried to do was kind of try to replicate that in a way, but also do it in a way that was not, um, you know, from somebody with a billion dollars or a million dollars. We started pretty slim. 
uh, when we started Mastery Soda. Um, I think $25,000 was our initial input mm. to start it. So um, that and then Galco's in Los Angeles. Those were our two main inspirations to start. Okay. Um, Galco's was probably the first store to kind of bring together craft sodas. Um, and he mainly did it because he was sick of Coke and Pepsi bullying him because he was a little market out in L.A. Mm. And uh, they were kind of bullying him for shelf space. And, and he said, well, I'm just going to bring in sodas from everywhere else. And that kind of started his collection of sodas. And he's still around. And he, his name's John Neese. Um, you can look up sweet YouTube videos of his. So those were the two main kind of inspirations to start the store. And when was it that Mass Street Soda opened? We opened in April of 2014. I believe April 7th is our anniversary. So it'll be seven years this year wow. um, that we have been open. And we started at 11.03 right where we are, but it looks like nothing like it used to. Yeah. Right, Absolutely yeah. nothing like it used to. Um, today is the, two, uh, is the two-year anniversary of us moving back. Yes. Into this space, actually, because yeah. I had some videos and pictures come up on my phone <laughs> today. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess just to talk about that, just uh, since you mentioned it, I mean, it's the, yeah, you you guys have really gone through quite a journey there because yeah, you first started at that location. I think that's where we first first saw you. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, yeah, you jumped over to um, like the 900 block, yeah, a couple over. blocks over, right? Yeah and uh and then yeah. you moved back so i mean but you moved because they were wanting to do renovations and i mean they really the place looks great i mean what was what was that like to have to go through that renovations you know imagine it wasn't easy either but to move it was originally supposed to be seven months um yeah what Marin did it turn 14 or 15 months 16 16 months, 16 months. <laughs> oh um, it was it was a while once they once they got everything taken out and demoed inside, they found some structural damage in the building. Mm-hmm. The building's uh, from 1909. Awesome. And they basically said, once they pulled that, they said, it's going to be a long time. And uh, luckily, we had a short-term lease at 935 Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not, it was not easy. No. Um, people thought we closed because the, the building was boarded off and... Um, you know, we will. We obviously our regular customers knew we had moved down there, but the casual customer comes to Lawrence maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, they, if they came by, they just thought we were close. So we lost a, a lot of business that way. And again, we thought it was we were prepared to be gone for seven months and, and not sixteen months. And so, right. I don't think I didn't make the right preparations to be gone for sixteen months. I didn't do, do enough probably to tell people we were gone. And there was just like a series of unfortunate timing. Like initially, we, after we heard people repeatedly come into the shop saying, oh, we thought you closed, I bought big poster board and I wrote like move to, move to 935 mass on giant poster boards mm-hmm. in our old space to let people know. Um, well, then the weekend of graduation was the weekend that they moved forward with some major demo in like, <laughs> blocked off all the windows so that now you couldn't see my nice posters oh. to let people know. It was just like kind of a series of things where like every time we kind of made an idea of how we could direct traffic down to the 900 block, something would happen that would result in it not working. So <laughs> so it was oh. an adventure. The moving of the soda wasn't that bad. It was the moving no. of the fridges that yeah, was pretty terrible. Yeah, like a a parade, we would just put the we put the big stuff, the furniture, just on furniture dollies, and then just took a parade down Mass Street sidewalks, <laughs> and uh, yeah, which was fun. Um, we'd ha- in a we'd way. have people rolling out of bars offering to help us. Yeah, and we we're like, no, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> please, please don't. No, um, but uh, the moving the soda wasn't too bad. Um, our shelves have been dismantled and recreated um, lots of times. So yeah. uh, Luke's gotten very good at it. Yeah, um, I'm less good at it. I feel like I'm always going to injure myself every time I try to mess with the shelf. So I try to avoid that if possible. But 
they really opened up the space. Um, they built us a beautiful bar that makes people come in and ask, oh, what was this before? Was this like a pharmacy? Like people assume that it's just native to the space, which is really cool because the design team um, reused a lot of elements in the building since we were the first space that they did. They actually took um, shelving and uh, doors and various elements in other parts of the building to build out our bar and bar back. Oh, wow. oh, that's awesome. So it's, um, it looks more kind of natural, I guess, mm -hmm. to the space, which is really cool. Um, but, and then we put in the mirrors to make it look like an old timey yeah. soda shop. And it also opens up the space a lot, which is nice. Too. Yeah, it's beautiful so, in there. It was worth the wait, um, but the wait was much longer than we <laughs> yeah. thought yeah. it would be. Yeah, it so. was worth it. So how many different sodas do you guys have available? Um, I try to keep 800 to 1,000 in stock at Whoa. a given time. Um, yeah. With the pandemic, I don't even know, Marin, what we're at right now. Um, huh. As far as variety, we're, we're probably close right. to that. I think it fluctuates throughout the year. Yeah. Also, like in the summertime, we're definitely up at the upper reaches of that number. And then in the winter, when we can't bring as many truckloads in um, due to weather and freeze protection and all other kinds of features, um, oh. we'll get down. But um, it's enough to make you not to have a decision prison where you don't know what you want. Um, it is always fun when people come in for the first time. And they'll say, look how many sodas. This is more soda than I've ever seen. And I'm thinking, man, we're low. You know, in my <laughs> head, I'm thinking we don't have the variety we should have. So, And we have, but, I think the past two years, we've sold 1,800 different unique products. Wow. Uh, so all that kind of rotates. Because yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. I only buy from certain places when I'm completely out of their, all their products. Um, and sometimes if I don't, you know, I, I only have so much money to buy, so um, they may wait, I might wait two years to restock something, um, mm -hmm. especially something that's not asked for. We probably have 300 sodas that we keep in stock all the time mm -hmm. um, because they're so popular. Uh, but some of the things some from maybe obscure bottlers in the Northeast or whatever, I, I'll only buy, you know, once every couple of years or maybe once every five years or whatever. Um, and then when I run out, I just kind of wait until I have maybe a truck coming from down there because freight logistics is a big part of trying to make sure that I'm not paying too much for soda or I have enough space in our warehouse for it as well. We also, the international varieties, like if you see something that you're intrigued by, um, I always say buy it now because we never know if we'll be able to find it again, um, but at a reasonable enough price for us to bring it back in so um those are always fun they've really expanded we're um we have some varieties that no one else in the country has so that's always fun to explore for sure yeah because that's really what i you know i noticed i mean just how how do you even like start to you know decide what you because i know i mean i know there's a lot of different sodas out there you know it's a lot of regional type things and like how do you even begin to research that is there like you know distributors you get like how does that work like how do you even get to, into that world um as far as where we started we have one we had one major distributor when we first started i think um i buy from over 200 different places now God. so yeah. um i mainly try and use as you know as few distributors as possible but um the best price is buying it directly from the bottler. But then if you think about places like, um, say Virgil's is a, is a brand you see in the grocery store. Um, Virgil's wants to me to buy like a full palette of each flavor. Mm. And I'm not going to do that. We're not going to go through that. We're not a, a grocery store. So I have to buy from, you know, third party distributors and pay another markup. Okay. Um, but as something like Rocky mountain soda out in Colorado, um, they're a regional bottler and they make great soda and we can buy three to four pallets and they'll mix the flavors for us. So we can get 12 cases of this flavor and six cases of this flavor. Um, and, and you know, sodas like that, 
it's much easier to, to get and keep in stock. What makes craft soda, you know, because I, I know you focus a lot on craft soda. I was trying to think of like, what, what defines craft soda anyway? Is there a, is there like a definition for that? Um, I, I, I would say Pepsi makes stuff and they call it craft soda. Yeah, that's um, what I, I feel like sometimes they try yeah. to say it's craft soda. But I'm like, oh. It's kind of like, it's the same as the beer industry, right? You look at the beer industry and you <laughs> see these brands and you think, oh, that looks like a craft soda or a craft beer and it's you know owned by coors or, <laughs> and which we run into as well one of the major mm-hmm. sodas that we try to get is owned by coors and we can't get it like it's We're literally we literally cannot buy it um no. we can't buy it from distributors because it's a beer distributor and so they can't sell out of their contract and mm. uh it, you know they get in trouble if they sell to us uh, it's a mess. It's a mess <laughs> trying to to navigate that. So it's much easier for me to just go directly to places and buy it. But I can't go directly to Coors and say I want to buy this one soda you make because they literally will not sell it to me. I wow. they don't care. They literally do. What I've tried crazy. for seven years to buy it and I, I can't. What soda is that? I'm not even gonna say the name because uh, I hate it. Uh, uh, <laughs> It's no, it, it's Henry. It's Henry Weinhardt. It's like the most popular, probably one of the most popular root beers and the most requested root beers. And we get bottles. You know, I might get a couple cases here and then, and I, you know, I charge like three bucks a bottle, and it's gone. Um, which I, I hate charging a lot of money for one bottle right. of soda, but we barely get it. Um, I'm still working some, you know, some ways to get it, but I've tried to buy full pallets you know that's something i would buy a full pallet one pallet which is like 60 cases yeah um i would buy pallets of just their root beer and i they won't even sell me pallets they just won't so and probably their cream soda and their cream soda yep they're both but and they're great and they use high fructose corn syrup which is not craft at all um but it it's really creamy and it tastes really good and they mastered the fizz. The yeah. like it, it's a draft style in a bottle, so it gets a big head on it. Oh. Um, oh, wow. To the point that it will actually fountain over if you're not careful when you're sipping. <laughs> so um, that's if an- another craft soda company could master that fizz and actually use real sugar, it would probably be even mm. better. But mm. so far. There are a couple that get close. I think 1919 gets yeah. close to being the same kind of fizz and carbonation, mm-hmm. but it's uh, but when people know Henry's, like they'll they'll just call and say, "Do you have it?" and we'll say no, and they'll hang up on me, mm-hmm. um, or they'll come in and and leave. Um, and I'm like, we have four dozen other root beers on the shelf <laughs> right now. So are there a lot of people out there who are like really into specific craft sodas like that um i think we've created a lot of people <laughs> yeah that are into i can craft see that sodas. um you know it's something that is not as widespread so you're not going to find very many of these shops around the country i think yeah. we're maybe one of maybe uh, maybe a dozen mm-hmm. that are unique there's also a corporate uh chain called rocket fizz but they generally when someone opens up a Rocket Fizz, I pretty much see them, they close within three years. They're a franchise, and so they never really make it past that first lease signing. Hmm. Um, I think it's very difficult to do it. And so it's something that you have to kind of search out, and then once you find it, then you're kind of hooked. There's also a lot of people that don't drink alcohol, and so this is kind of their yeah. um, ability to try a bunch of different flavors without, mm-hmm. you know they don't drink alcohol maybe because they quit drinking alcohol or they just don't like the taste or whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of like to fill that void. Uh, it's something that we, we don't really have a lot of competition in terms, uh, especially in the Kansas City area, probably because, you know, there's not, it's not like a liquor store. You know, it's, um, it's not something that's easy to put together. We also have a lot of ex- exclusives on product so it would be tough for somebody to come in and compete because mm. they would probably be buying their product from us because kind of going back to a question that i always like to ask too is like so how did, how much did you know going into like you kind of came into this and you, you want to start this idea and you had to make it a reality but like how much has this been like totally 
you just learn by starting to do it versus, you know, how much did you know going into it, knowing what you're getting into, I guess. What was that like to actually start the business and, and get moving? Um, I think we, we started it originally. I had a, I had a partner um, and we were preparing for the worst, yeah. I guess. When we opened it, we were not sure how it would work or if it would work. And so mm-hmm. we both had separate businesses on the side as well that would pay the bills in case this didn't work. And this kind of, it slowly got to the point where we realized it would work. Um, and, um, you know, and then it kind of, we were able to build from there. We, I would say it was done very slowly. Yeah. It wasn't something that, you know, took off and was amazing from the get go. Um, it took off slowly. And then of course there was a huge learning curve on getting product in and uh, we used to store all the product in the basement which was a another hassle um we would have to unload a truck in the alley and then Ooh. move every case by case down into the basement and it was a nightmare <laughs> now we have a, a separate warehouse in kansas city where we you know just drop the truck off it used to take us six guys and six hours to unload a truck and now it takes uh two guys an hour and 15 minutes to unload a a truck of 17 pallets so um we really kind of knocked down that labor there i do miss the easy access of just being able to run down the basement right grab something when someone's asking for something (laughs) but i do not miss unloading the trucks (laughs) at all i can imagine i mean because that's another piece too i mean so yeah you started you started in the lawrence location right but then you did open up a a second location in legends for a little bit i think you've now since closed that one right and moved to city market city market now yep yeah the legends was a a great idea that never really took off um yeah it just never made any money Hmm. and it was very tough it's very corporate there which is not what lawrence is at all Mm -hmm. and um if I, I wish, you know, obviously we learned, I learned a lot from opening at the Legends, but City Market is, is very similar to Lawrence in that it's all small businesses there. You, it's owned by the city of Kansas City. And so they only allow locally owned businesses in there. Um, and it feels very similar to the feel of, of Mass Street where you know all the owners um, from all the shops. And obviously when I'm at City Market, then there's a, so many delicious places to eat just like downtown lawrence there's so many places to eat um and it's just nice it's like i I love it yeah it's a Uh, a very very nice area it's it's yeah it's a perfect fit for us compared to the legends so i'm happy that that's our kansas city location yeah and for those listening you you do brand there as casey soda company right casey soda company yeah i didn't think mastery soda would would yeah. translate as well to uh, Kansas City. Plus, we're not on Mass Street, so, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, we kind of mix the brands up a little bit. I don't know if, if that's the best business decision to have two separate brands, but that's the way I like to do it. Yeah. We, uh, it's always funny when people come in to either shop, and they're like, you know, there's a shop like this in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I do know that. Um, we sell some of their merchandise and they're like, oh, are you affiliated? And we're like, yeah. They're like, we thought it looked kind of similar. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> the, shelf, the shelves anyway. Yeah, the spaces are the very different. Um, the city market store is a third as big, maybe? It's Would tight. Would yeah, it's, it's really small. Um, we have like 600 usable square feet in the city market and we have wow. like 2100 square feet in, yeah. in Lawrence. Wow. So uh, it's a different experience but when that city market store on Saturday, market Saturdays is going um, not so much in pandemic times but pre-pandemic times there would be dozens of people in the store. And 600 was, square feet it's tight. And 600 square feet <laughs> so um, that's that that was those those days were fun. I would like to get back to being able to mm. have busy Saturdays like that. Do you notice, you know, between the two locations, do you notice a like difference in kind of what people look for? That's what I was kind of wondering. Like, do do you see this is what Lawrence really likes, and City Market really always goes for this type of soda? Or? Uh, City Market, we have more sales on the natural. 
we get a lot more people mm-hmm. looking for natural, hmm. uh, like organic in a way. Hmm. Um, we get that in Lawrence as well, but not to the extent of city market. Hmm. Um, and then I also find that our more expensive sodas, I can, I, they sell well more in Kansas city hmm. rather than in Lawrence. Um, I think we have a lot of tourists in, a lot more tourists in Kansas city. Yeah. And so when they come in and, and see it, they buy, uh, I don't know, maybe they're, they're more free with their money. Yeah. Because yeah. um, yeah. they, they see it and it's like a one-time thing. And it's, um, I don't know exactly, but they're willing to pay a little bit more for premium, some premium sodas that mm-hmm. we don't normally carry. Also, I'd say that customers are different in the yep. sense that, like, we're really a, a spot where a kid can come in with $5 and actually buy something for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and in and, and Lawrence, since it does have that small town vibe and everything, um, you know, we're, we're a destination for kids, um, unaccompanied uh, kids to explore and get to spend some of their own money and, you know, walk to a store or ride the bus to the store. Um, back when Central Middle School would let out early on Wednesdays, um, a non-middle schooler might not want to be in the store on Wednesday afternoons. Um, but I would say the kids, you know, they're not going to buy a $12 soda from Japan. But um, but there are people that definitely, like you were saying, are there people that search for specific things. There are soda blogs um, and all Reddit threads and everything. And so Sometimes people find us through that and they have very specific things in mind of what they're looking for. So you have the range of the 12 year old who is just looking for as much sugar as they can get in a day. And then someone who's coming in and saying, I saw that someone you said you had this white peach Fanta and I really want to try it. So it's a range of folks. Hmm. Um, and I think the Kansas City store probably gets more of the older sophisticated mm-hmm. soda customers just because of its location as yeah. well like we're we're more of a a family destination right and i guess our shop the lawrence shop i would say has a vibe of more like come in hang out um stay a while and the kansas city store um doesn't have that vibe as much just because it's not as big there's not as much space right but then we have some picnic tables and stuff out front so people can enjoy the market space so mm-hmm. that part's definitely really nice too and, and something else you mentioned there because both locations are in uh in areas where i'd say a yeah, high restaurant um density there and i have noticed you know there's quite a few restaurants at least in lawrence i've noticed that you know seems like a lot of restaurants, you know, either source some sodas from you guys too. How that, how's, how have those relationships developed over time? That sounds, seems like kind of a cool little um, way to go too. So um, folks uh, just reach out when they're interested um, mm-hmm. in carrying um, local products. Like we've developed some good relationships. Both Luke and I really like um, partaking in the local restaurant scene. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of... Um, I don't cook very much, so (laughs) I've become friends (laughs) with a lot of restaurant owners and bar owners. Um, So The Roost, uh, Liberty Hall, Minsky's, um, Papa Kino's, Snow Globe just started carrying some of our stuff. So it was kind of Free State. Free State. Um, Yeah, they carry some stuff from us, too. So it's... I. One of the really nice things about Lawrence is how supportive the various businesses are of each other. Um, not only like sourcing stuff from each other, but also just when people come in and we had like when merchants um, was a when people were able to sit in a restaurant, we we frequently had like merchants, bartenders referring people to our shop. Oh, you have to check this out or. Um, you know, just those yeah. discussions you have when people come in and you're like, oh, are you exploring downtown today? Are you going to grab lunch? And they'd be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you know where you're going? No. And then you have those conversations. So it's just kind of a very supportive business environment downtown, which I really enjoy. And I think mm-hmm. the city market is, like Luke was saying, is similar. Um, it's a tight-knit community. So the carrying of the soda products, I think, you know, uh, 
like Luke was saying, it is kind of the craft soda wave kind of has followed behind the craft beer wave mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways. A lot of our um, bottlers are places that thought about doing beer or do do beer as well as soda. Um, so it's as customers want real sugar varieties, it's another option mm -hmm. and we're here and we can source it and we can tell them what's good. Um, and so it's been fun to work with folks to kind of decide what they want to carry or why they want to carry something. So what is the um, top selling soda at Mass Street Soda? Um, what do so you think? it's definitely butter beer, um, which mm. is a copyrighted term. Um, from <laughs> Warner Brothers. Oh no! Um, so it's called. Yeah. It's actually called butterscotch beer because it's a butterscotch cream soda. Um, <laughs> there used to be only one variety. It was called Flying Cauldron, mm. which is owned by Reeds, who makes Virgils. So they're kind of a right. big corporate company. Mm. And then another bottler up in Washington State is kind of like a retro bottler, and they're called Orca Beverage, mm. and they just started making one, which I think is is great too, mm. and. Um, both of those are, are really high selling. And then actually Dr. Pepper and glass bottles mm. is extremely high selling mm. and Coke, believe it or not, in glass bottles mm. is yep. one of our top sellers. It doesn't make any sense. You can get it anywhere. <laughs> um, but a lot of times people, I think maybe just get overwhelmed or they just want a Coke in a glass bottle and they grab it from the fridge, but we sell a lot of those. Mm. Um, and then we have a, an exclusive on a drink called a Linenade, which is like, oh, yeah. um, like a Soviet themed soda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the pun, uh, the puns on that are just the, like... a lot of puns on it. Yeah. It's kind of a joke soda, but we sell a lot of it because we're the only place that you can get it in the Midwest. So, wow. Yeah. And by category, root beer, root beer, probably yeah. yeah, by category, our is best, the highest. Yep. our mm. best seller, um, we have the most varieties of it, but um, yeah, I'd agree with all of those for sure. Yeah. Like, root beer wise, it's hard to pick a top seller, probably Sh Sprecher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably Sprecher. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We enjoyed your, um, the root beer advent calendar um, mm -hmm. this past December. That was really fun. Uh, we had never done anything like that before or tried that many root beers. Mm -hmm. Um like, I guess, back-to-back to, back to be able to compare yeah. them. So it was really exciting it was, it was for actually, us. Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, you know, now we're doing that. You're like, man, you really see the differences that I never knew existed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of root beer. I mean, we have uh, four shelves of root beer. So, yeah. And then you've got birch beer and sarsaparilla, which are very, very similar. So right. There's, um, there's a lot of variety in that. And every, pretty much every soda maker, if they make any soda, they, they just make you know, they're going to have a root beer. That's their, right. the main thing. Cause that's the best. It's a, it's a very unique American drink. Mm -hmm. um, so it's something that is hardly ever found outside the U S when we have the Japanese exchange um, students, since we're the sister city, mm -hmm. um, the, they always bring the exchange students when they're visiting Lawrence in here to try something. And they always make them try root beer and, and then, very rarely enjoy it because they think it tastes like medicine. Uh, huh. And I'm always like, like, why don't we have them try like an orange, like something closer <laughs> to something they would have tried before that they might actually enjoy. But, but it's, um, huh. so it's always fun, but yes, it's definitely a unique American beverage because huh. I've seen people who are not used to it, who are like, what is this? But most Americans really enjoy root beer. So. Yeah. Yeah. Root beer is great. We were noticing um, a lot of them are made in like Washington state. Is there a reason for that? That's where Orca Beverage is located. Yeah. And so yeah. they have basically made their business as revitalizing old brands that went out of business. Oh, okay. So they, oh, okay. uh, um, they make maybe 60 different varieties up there. So that's okay. quite a bit, including like eight different root beers. Um, wow. And so that's why, and that's another place where we buy a, like we just got in a truckload of soda from them. So that's 40,000 pounds, uh, 1,200 cases of soda. Uh, you know, that's some place where we, we sell enough of their products that we buy quite a bit of it. Mm -hmm. So that's all of their products we, we try to keep in stock all the time. 
um, wow. because they're good as well. Yeah. Um, they taste really good. They have great labeling, uh, which matters quite a bit too. Um, they have consistent carbonation. Um, so which is they're important. good. Yeah. Yeah. They're a good <laughs> place to keep their soda in stock. Yeah. What is, what are your favorite sodas? If you were to pick, if you had to pick one soda. Um, I really love, and it's not even American brand and it's not even a small business, but it's, um, Bundaberg peach is to me, um, like one of like a soda that we can get consistently. Not, we can't even get that consistently. It's, it's tough to get. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, Bundaberg partnered with Pepsi, uh, and they just kind of messed up their distribution with their sodas. But it, to me, is just like a refreshing, it, it tastes like juice, mm. um, right. kind of like a carbonated juice, but the peach flavor is just delicious. Mm. Um, and then when my wife and I, we were down in New Zealand uh, two, two or three years ago, and they make a whole line that is not available in the United States. They have a, a pineapple and coconut and a mango and a passion fruit. Wow. And all of them are some of the best sodas I've ever had. And we can't get them here. I'm trying. I'm trying to buy a container from Australia. Um, <laughs> but, again, I'm not an oil billionaire, so I'm not sure if I'm <laughs> going to have the money to do that. All all their juice flavors have at least 5% actual fruit juice in them. And hmm. so, like hmm. Luke was saying, the peach one is much more like biting into a peach and eating an actual peach. Whereas a lot of peach sodas, like you may be more familiar with like peach knee high or Nesbitt's mm-hmm. peach. Mm-hmm. And those are more like eating Fla- peach rings candy. Right. Um, right. Flavor. Which I also really enjoy, but it's a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree that Butterberg peach is delicious, but probably my favorite soda that we, I always say I have lots of favorites. Um, give me a category and I can give you a favorite, but, uh, Probably my favorite is Americana Black Cherry. I, hmm. as uh, if I was picking a soda off of a fountain, I would get Dr Pepper. Um, so Black Cherry is kind of close yeah. to Dr Pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, similar flavor notes. Um, some Black Cherries get very syrupy, um, and Americana Black Cherry is um, tart at the end, so it doesn't get that kind of heavy mm. syrup flavor um some black cherries people think taste like cough syrup um so this one avoids that pitfall as well um so it's definitely one of my favorites um, that's awesome i have probably 12 12 favorite sodas it depends <laughs> on the day yeah, yeah it really does kind of yeah that they can be very different like sometimes you want something a little more heavy or lighter yeah. and so you know if, if the variety of sodas wasn't enough you guys also do a lot of candy um that's something you re, you know recently right? i feel like really really ramped up and and, and having a lot of those nostalgic kind of either either vintage type brands or, or things like that so how do you uh how, what, what what made you decide to get into that i mean and then uh uh yeah how do you how do you go about selecting those those options uh well with penny annie's closing i don't know how long it's been now four uh, years maybe Four or five years Longer. ago. Longer than that. Has it been that long? They were open when we first opened Master's. But Soda. like just barely. Yeah. I think I think they closed like that first year. Um that or so. That's kind of like a, a niche where it's hard to make a store out of candy now. You know, strictly candy. Especially in a town the size of Lawrence. So we kind of, we saw that as an opportunity to add we've kind of added little by little mm-hmm. um, we started maybe in 2015 or 16 with a little bit we had like a door mm-hmm. with candy on it and then we when we moved to 935 mass temporarily we expanded it there and we added kind of like a wall of it and then we've slowly been adding more and more um, as kind of people have been asking for things so somebody will come in and say hey can you get me this kind of candy and then we'll see if a lot you know sometimes it doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. uh, which is unfortunate but a lot of times we're able to track it down and and find it and bring it in and uh you know and that's always nice to be able to provide a memory for somebody Mm -hmm. um because we obviously uh, you know that's kind of important in our store is to connect people with taste and memories um because that's why a lot of people come back because they had 
soda or candy when they were a kid and they can't get it anywhere anymore or it, uh, it's super expensive to ship in um, so they can have it ordered through us and we can get it for them. And that's one of the cool things is like the stores hits every generation. Um, like grandparents bring grandkids in and can introduce them to things that they remember from their childhood. Um, mm. And kids try something that isn't um, a Sprite or, you know, whatever, um, a more widely available soda. Um, and with the candy, we found that the nostalgic ones really do well um, because, like Luke said, they're much harder to find. Like, uh, just like with soda in grocery stores, the more readily available brands kind of elbow out the smaller ones. Hmm. So, like, Vala Milk and Cherry Mash are actually two candies that are pretty locally made. Like, Cherry Mash is St. Joseph, and oh. Vala Milk is actually made in Merriam, Kansas. Um, so, but you don't see either of them in stores around here. Hmm. So the fact that we can carry them um, makes people happy, I think. So. Yeah. We also do digital posts. Um, we will take pictures of the candy wall and say, uh, do you see, like, is there something that you would like us to add? Do you, do you not see your favorite, you know, let us know. And then we, like Luke said, we always try to actually get them in. And then uh, we're pretty good about following up and letting people know, oh, by the way, that thing that you asked for a month ago is actually in the store now. And I think that creates um, a relationship and it makes people uh, feel like we're, trying to cater to them so yeah that's awesome that's always important do you find that people um in general when they come in they're they gravitate toward the same things or are they usually looking to try something new or like do you have people that are regulars enough where you notice that sort of thing or not really yeah for sure um so i started working at mastery soda a year after we opened um and so there are small small children that have become large children or actually like driving themselves to the store now when they used to, you know, come in by themselves. Um, and so there are definitely customers that I know exactly what they're looking for and can tell them, hey, yeah, we don't have that or yeah, it's over here or it's actually in the fridge right now. Um, but then there are people that want to try something different every time they come in, you know, and they're open to trying new things so that's um that's probably more fun because then you can have a conversation with them about like why they want to try something or whatever or what they're in the mood for um but just making people uh happy i i always feel so bad when i have to t tell someone i'm sorry we don't have that and no i don't know when we'll when we'll have it again so yeah uh but I'd say they're both kinds of customers. The Linenade folks are very loyal. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get a Linenade every time. Yeah. So. But I think you guys do a really good job of how, uh, you know encouraging people to try new stuff too. So, you know, I think we mentioned the, you know, like you guys did that, you do the uh, root beer advent calendar over, you know, around the, the holiday season there. So you do that one. Uh, I think you got, usually do parched madness I, I thought i love the pun there yeah um but yeah you do that you know you guys have um you know i, I don't know you just have, yeah i feel like you have a lot of different little things that you guys do throughout the year to try to encourage people to try try new stuff so where did that little sense we're getting close to that time what where'd you get the idea for parched madness i mean that, that was pretty good um that was something obviously basketball is big yeah. in lawrence and um, I think we did that our very first year. I'm trying to remember. Well, not our first year. Obviously, it was um, it was in 2015. Yeah. But we were just looking for some way to tie in the basketball, mm -hmm. love of basketball, <laughs> into, um, you know, taste testing. And so um, I think we've done it every year except for, obviously, 2020. 2020, <laughs> yeah. Of, it missed everything. The tournament was canceled. So. Yeah. So we didn't do it, but it was just a way, a, a way to have people try new sodas. Right. Um, 
was the tie-in. Um, obviously, the winner is never like a. It's not like the best soda you've ever wanted to try, but it's the the soda just like the winner of March Madness is never, <laughs> or not oftentimes the best basketball the team of the year. Um, whoever advances wins. Right? Yep. So, so I think inaugural year uh, Hippo Peach won. Yeah. Yeah. Or it was either Hippo Peach I or think Jackson it was Hippo Hole. Peach. Huckleberry. Yeah. Those were the I I know those were the finalists. <laughs> and then the next year Cheerwine won. Yeah. Which is a cherry soda from the Carolinas. Yeah. And after the first year we went down to sweet sixteen, right? We only did sixty four the first year. Yeah, we tried I think, I think we tried to do sixty four the first year and it was way too much. <laughs> yeah, too much. Yeah, it was just like Man, too many to get through, not enough people trying it mm, to yeah. like get a good sample. Yeah. Um, then we did a root beer only bracket one year. And for the I think Calvin's one, actually, yeah. maybe. Or it was either Calvin's or Hippo. Um, root beer those were the two finalists and then the last year we did it i don't remember what one i don't remember either i never remember the most (laughs) recent the most recent year i have no idea i don't remember what one but um it was fun the advent calendars um are just a way to introduce people to like you said a wider variety of things um after the first year, we started doing two. We did an all root beer one, and then a um, a mix of a grab bag like anything. The first year we did, it was a grab bag of anything, um, and so then Luke had a great idea. This year we're extending the samplers throughout the year. Yeah. So we're doing 365 days of soda. Um, so we're doing a sampler every 24 days. So that's really allowing us to introduce more soda to folks. Um, and we're doing posts um, on Instagram and Facebook at uh, 365 Days of Soda. Um, so it allows me an outlet for all the random soda knowledge that I've accumulated <laughs> over the five years I've worked at this store. And it also lets us tell stories. So, for example, on Luke's birthday in a couple in a week or so, uh, we'll be featuring Lost Trail cream soda because, mm-hmm. like Luke said at the beginning, it's the soda that hooked him and made him want to open the store. Yeah. So, and then on Super Bowl Sunday, we got a little lucky. <laughs> I chose yeah. to we're going to sample ketchup soda because of Patrick Mahomes' <laughs> love of of ketchup. Oh my god, that's awesome! Which it's, I planned um, out. I planned out, and you know, I was like hoping. That yeah, like, like, oh, <laughs> yeah, they better, they better get in we, there. We were, <laughs> yeah. we were hoping it wasn't a consolation ketchup soda. <laughs> yeah. um, so now it's a good luck ketchup soda. You have to drink it. Yeah. Um, but it's um, it's not one that I would try more than once. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say, I'm like, is it, is it any good? No. Yeah. It's all right. Uh, it tastes like ketchup. Yep. Mm. They nailed the flavor. It smells a lot like ketchup. Oh, oh man, yeah. that's weird. They do do the food, the weird food ones, which we have quite a few of now. Mm. Um, they do a great job of capturing the scent. Yeah. Sometimes they do a less good job of, of capturing the flavor, or you're like, or you come to realize that that's not something you ever wanted. In <laughs> that, that shouldn't be liquid form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's a really cool idea. I really like that. Um, I think that's 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 really fun to to try the different ones and and be able to yeah kind of. That's what I think we like too about the the advent calendar. It's like, oh, it's kind of cool to like, yeah, just kind of like take the time to to acknowledge it and then realize that other people are probably doing it as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a cool. That's what was fun. Yeah, has the reception been pretty good or you got? Um, it's been okay. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, my goal is to get to. We sold all forty eight of the first set, and then I think we've sold like thirty six of a second set. I would like to try and get to 96 because mm-hmm. that's um, that's kind of like four cases basically right. of 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 sodas. Um, that allow if we get to 96, um, that will allow me to bring in maybe some more foreign sodas to to try. Mm. Um, I kind of just wanted to build it and see how it goes in the first year, yeah. and uh, um, 
hopefully we can continue it and kind of build it. I wanted it to be a little bit like a subscription box, but without, you know, people, because if somebody paid for it up front, it'd be hundreds of dollars. Um, so you can skip a month if you want, or you can skip 24, 24 days or whatever, and then pick it up later. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of the hope is that we would get it recurring. People would come in every month. Um, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. We'll see by the end of the year where we're at with it, but I'm happy with it. We've had quite a few people do both, like they've done box one and two. Hmm. Um, and so we're just trying to build it. Um, yeah. It would also allow us to get some of the, even the local, well, the domestic sodas that we don't order as much of, we could order more of because we would know that people would be buying them in the box as well. Kind of crazy to think too. I mean, even if someone did have one different soda a day, it would take them like three years to have all the different ones that you have. <laughs> yeah, probably probably closer to five. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, especially if I can start to bring in some more of the international sodas. I'm yeah. trying to get, um, I'm working with a distributor in, in the UK now to try and get, there's probably like 40 brands in the UK that I'm trying to bring in. Wow. Um, and I, again, would have to buy a container full, but I'm trying to work with a, it's kind of different when you're doing import, mm. Um, mm. especially on that volume. So we'll see if I can get that. That'd be great because they have a lot of, uh, European flavors are tend to be a little bit more natural and juicy than American yeah. flavors. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping to be able to get those. Because especially then, it's something completely unique that really nobody else in the country would have except for us. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that, even Coke products are yeah. completely different depending on what country of origin they're from. So. Yeah, I know if you eat like always... you know Fanta, Fanta or whatever, like that's crazy different. <laughs> if you get U.S., I think one time I, or I was flying over there, and it's like on the flight to Europe, you had uh, the American oh, yeah. Fanta, and then when you're coming right. back, it was like the European Fanta. I'm like, this is not even the same. Well, even flavors. I think Fanta has over a hundred flavors worldwide. Um, yeah. You know, in each country, um, you know. You can get Fanta Pear in Russia, but you can't get it anywhere else. You can get Fanta Black Current mm -hmm. in Europe. Um, so we bring over some of those too. But again, when we, I'm shipping tiny quantities, so yeah. it costs. I think I sell like a Fanta Black Current, a can of soda for five dollars. Yeah. Um, so, you know, <laughs> it's not something that's cheap right now. Right. But if I can get my shipping cost down by getting it in a full container, then I can sell it for a normal price. Yeah, that's a quite a thing you have to balance there, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's. Oh yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm like, oh yeah, shipping, shipping your, you know, in general, shipping those can, you know, bottles or whatever. I mean, that's not not light stuff. So no. no. <laughs> so yeah, it's usually yeah, usually that stuff is delivered truck. You know, yeah. People ask us to ship to them, like yep. when they leave. Like a lot of students, you know, get hooked on certain things, and then their parents will want to ship them a care package now that they've moved um, then we're like okay um, but keep in mind that it basically might be double the cost um, yeah. for us to ship it to them so that's always a fun conversation yeah <laughs> I imagine other question I mean so we've kind of brought it up here uh, you know a couple times now but um, you know COVID, COVID's been you know, around now, it's almost going on a year now. Um, so kind of what's, what's that done for you? I mean, obviously the in-store, you know, experience has changed quite a bit, but you know, what, what have, what have you, you know, had to do to kind of adapt to that? Um, it was, obviously our, our business was hurt because yeah. the town really focuses on, on, well, it's, a big focus is the university. And so if university events aren't happening, then people aren't coming to town, you know, basketball games or football games or, mm -hmm. um, you know, you think of those, but you don't think about the university events, um, conferences that they, they are not having and things like that. You're not getting that influx of, com of, of people coming in to Lawrence mm -hmm. to go to the university or to events. Um, but at Lawrence or our, our store in Lawrence mastery soda has been able to, ride the 
the, I guess, the loyal wave mm-hmm. of Lawrence customers way more than our Kansas City store. Um, I was really, um, I guess, relieved at the end of the year mm-hmm. because our fourth quarter ended up being like a normal quarter for us after mm-hmm. a rough second and third quarter. Yeah. Um, and even in Kansas City, our fourth quarter was 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 pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second and third quarter last year were just awful. Yeah. Um, but that was like it for everybody. And luckily we were able to kind of, with a smaller staff and, yep. you know, we're not a restaurant that's, that's, you know, that's not able to seat an entire building, you know? Right. Um, and then we also, we did a lot of home deliveries, which I think was a kind of a great thing that COVID did bring to us was the, the prospect of doing that in the future, both in Lawrence and Kansas City. Um, so that's kind of something that we're working on adding permanently to our, Mm -hmm. our business is to be a little bit of doing our own deliveries, uh, because it costs so much to ship with FedEx or UPS. Even if we were to ship in Kansas city to somebody in Kansas city, it still costs quite a bit of money. But if we, uh, if we can deliver to them every two weeks, um, and do a set of home deliveries ourselves, it can drive the cost pretty far down. So, Mm. Um, that's kind of what COVID has done for yeah. us. It, it sucks, obviously. Yeah. Um, but we kind of found found a way to yeah to survive it at least for now, and then also add you know added on the prospect and um, the yeah. possibility of doing home deliveries now. Easter was a boon. Um, <clears throat> we we did Easter baskets. Mm-hmm. Um, where we did samplers with candy and soda at various price points, and we discounted them in an effort to get people um, interested. And I think we did like probably 120 deliveries between Lawrence and Kansas City. Yeah. And probably at least that many pickups in Lawrence for Easter. Mm. So, um, we were doing curbside pickup, and then uh, that really kind of kick-started the delivery aspect. So after Easter, then we were doing like weekly deliveries in Kansas City and Lawrence and launching different samplers. And that actually allowed us to introduce folks to new things because they weren't coming into the store. We, we could be like, you know, we'll pick a selection of root beers for you um, or here are the, here's the rainbow of sodas that we're offering, you know, this week. Um, so it allowed us to introduce folks to things. And I, people were really receptive to it. They really enjoyed it. Um, it was a nice surprise. It was a pick-me-up, you know. Yep. So that yeah. part was great. Um, but, and now things are semi-back to normal, where we're letting people... People are coming into the stores and shopping for themselves, but we're still doing curbside pickup and some delivery as well um, so that we can accommodate folks who um, aren't able or, or willing to shop. Mm-hmm. So that part, we're trying to be as accommodating as we can. One question that we have been liking to ask people lately is what your go-to takeout order is. Um, I'm trying to spread the love as much as possible. Um, yep. so, but, um, big mill has been probably hmm. the one we've ordered the most, which is, you know, they opened right before this. Yeah. Hit. And so I think yeah. I was trying to really maybe hit them more. Um, and I, I'd feel like their pizzas and their burgers are fantastic. And then the leeway double burrito has been another mm. favorite. Ooh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Love that double on, the, burrito deal. on the weekend. So, yeah. Between those two, I mean, and then Terrabon. So those are have been our main three. <laughs> so that's kind of like Terrabon lunch, Big Mill dinner, uh, mm-hmm. Leeway breakfast. There that's like my big Sounds three. like a great day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's a day that you need a nap. That, no, I spread those out. Yeah. That's not one yeah, the burritos day. No. alone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say, so Leeway is probably my go-to um, mm-hmm. restaurants. Uh, I personally, uh, have, well, they jokingly called it the J law 22, which is like my Twitter and Instagram handle, mm-hmm. uh, the cheddar bacon dog. Um, 
when they mm. have bacon, extra bacon, then they'll make me a cheddar bacon dog mm. and tots. Um, mm. So that's probably my favorite, but um, also in winter ramen bowls mm. um, is clutch, of course. Yep. And then um, I definitely, uh, merchants uh, sitting outside when the weather was a little more accommodating. The, I was really impressed by how downtown businesses really pivoted and downtown was actually and the city were willing to let um, businesses pivot and uh, build out these outdoor dining spaces, some of which are, were absolutely beautiful. Um, and so I hope that that, that spirit of innovation kind of continues mm -hmm. um, post pandemic and we allow some more because one of the nice things about a historic downtown is that it's um, historic and lovely and you know the expectations and everything, but one of the hindrances of it is kind of not being able to try new things. So this has given us an opportunity to try new things. So I kind of hope that that spirit continues forward. Um, yeah. But yeah, go to Leeway, Cheddar Bacon Dog, trust me, it'll change your life. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good, yeah. I don't think we've done that. <laughs> can't go wrong in Leeway. <laughs> no, you can't. So, yeah, I mean, just thanks for to you for talking with us. It, it really, um, really awesome. I mean, yeah, it's, it's such a such a cool store. So glad we have it in, in Lawrence. And, um, yeah, that's where I'm going to go. It's uh, Ting. Ting is my thing that I, I'm the one that comes there, and I'm like, uh, give me as much as the – Ting as you can. That's what we. Uh... Luke, you'll need to bring more over from Kansas City. Yeah. You're currently yeah. Out. <laughs> but um. But no. So thank. Thanks. Thank. Um. Really great to learn everything. Um. So yeah, you guys are you know active on like you said social media. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mass Street Soda on Instagram. Facebook. Facebook. You're on Twitter, Twitter? as well. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. I was much more active when like things were going on where I could be like, come downtown and see X and yeah. drop by or, or um, the library. There are certain businesses and uh, entities that do a good job of engaging on Twitter more consistently. And so for a while I was being really good about that, but <laughs> it kind of fell off. I should probably pick up yeah. that. Yeah, I feel like the, vi the, visuals, my... the visuals of Instagram are like... <laughs> the yeah. visuals are, are sufficient. Yeah. yeah. They, they, well, I am help. doing... I'm doing the posts on 365 Days of Soda, so if yeah. you want to learn minute details about bottlers <laughs> and sodas and types of soda, um, that's your account to learn. Awesome. Nice. So once you're allowed to go to a party again, you can stun all your friends <laughs> with soda knowledge. Soda facts. That's awesome. that, that 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 can be everyone's uh you know co covid <laughs> skill that they yeah. they pick up and, uh, you <laughs> exactly guys help them with it that. is my covid yeah. skill <laughs> yeah some people it's puzzles other people soda facts soda facts so yeah so you guys are there um yeah i think you can you know you can reach out on there you have your website too you can call call you guys for orders like you said um and then yeah 11 1103 mass street um, right there next to Silas and Maddie's, which we didn't mention, but I mean, that's a great pairing, Clutch right? Great pairing yeah. right there. Ice cream and soda, man, you can't, yep. can't go wrong. And then Cellar Door. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I right love Cellar Door. Yeah, oh, really the cool. owners of Decade Open Cellar Door. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a kind of nice to have them open, yeah. uh, to have all three places open, because I think we were expecting 2020 to be a great year. You know, as it started, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um and then you know <laughs> then COVID, yeah. it didn't go so well <laughs> um yeah but uh you know 2019 we didn't have those two stores there oh. and so it was just us on the block and it just um, you know, it wasn't a great year it was an okay year and 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 i'm really excited to be able to be in a building with the two of them because it's it's kind of like you have your dessert um we're a dessert but you have silas and maddie's we're like a dessert you can take home mm -hmm. and uh you know you can have your dessert at silas and maddie's and then uh your breakfast and your coffee at cellar door mm -hmm. they're awesome over there and yeah. your dessert too they make and amazing your dessert pastries. as well they yeah do. yeah god they're, yeah, they're, uh, they're pastries man i've been eating there like two or so times a week as well so should have mentioned them as a go-to as well yeah. yeah those financiers or whatever that they have man they're good yeah they're good but anyway yeah no that's a, that's an awesome yeah it's a really i'm glad you know it 
ends up working out right. Like they did the renovation. It's nice that all those businesses can now inhabit that spot. And I really do think it has helped, you know, even, uh, we actually live, live down towards this way and, and it's a, uh, yeah, we're like, you can just see the traffic there is a lot more than you probably ever used to. So mm-hmm. it's nice to, yep. nice to get that. So, so anyway, so yeah, th- um, but thanks again. And, um, everyone should make sure to check you guys out. And if you are looking for a soda, most likely you guys have something or can get it. So, <laughs> yep. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Lawrence Fork in Kansas. We had a great time chatting with Luke Thompson and Marin Ludwig from Mass Street Soda. If you're able to support the local food and business scene during these times, we encourage you to do so. I mean, there's so many cool options out there. There's, you know, food, beer, coffee. I mean, there's soda, cocktails. I mean, we, we've got it all in Lawrence here. Um, so just let's, let's keep all those businesses alive during this cold winter. Um, so yeah, you know, there's takeout services, there's delivery, they all help. Um, and, um, you know, if you're able to donate to the Lawrence hospitality workers relief fund, um, there's a link to that in our episode description. And something else that you can do to help support the local food scene is to please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating. You can find us on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Lawrence Forking, Kansas, Instagram at Lawrence Forking, Kansas, and Twitter at Lawrence Forking. Feel free to find our pages, like us, follow us, leave us some comments. And most importantly, like we said in the beginning of the episode, vote for us on bestoflawrence.com. Um, we are uh, in the podcast category in the community section. Um, and we are very excited to go for number one this year. And if you're a restaurant or a food business owner here in town and you're interested in coming on the show, please just reach out on social media or you can send us an email at lawrenceforkingkansas at gmail.com and let us know. We are always looking for new people to talk to and would love to have you on the show. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.